All right. So, so some of the bigger things that we saw accomplished over there, uh, one of them was, and actually this is why I wanted to talk to you about Lion. Yeah. What a just kind of huh? just kind of backing up. Um, we. So my brother-in-law says, let's watch this movie, Lion. He thinks it should have won Best Picture. I thought, what's it about? And he goes, India. I go, well, that'll, that'll be cool. Let's watch it. Man, I was really moved. I could relate to some of those stories. Oh, man. Yeah. And, and I bet you can, too, being in India. Um, I was never... So I had my chance to go to India in 1999. We went to Laos, Thailand. And then my friends went on to India, but I went back to work. Yeah. I went back to the United States and went back to work. They went on to New Delhi and some other places. Um, I believe that was 99. That might have even been a different year. But um, it just brought home a lot of that stuff. And I felt so bad. Even it was a true story. I felt so bad for the kid. Um, anyway, we could talk about that in a second. Uh, what I was thinking about. So Shelly started, and this is kind of why I brought up Lion. Shelly started a school for migrant children. We, see, we saw a lot of those children, type of children in china where um basically they have nothing to do their parents are working all day and some of them are getting into you know bad situations or there are um they actually are getting ran over by big trucks or something Mm -hmm. like that just something terrible and so and they're not getting an education so shelly started a school for them for migrant uh, migrant children that still goes on as of right now to this day, but I'll be honest with you, it's probably... And then we, we've been out of China for almost a decade. Right. Um, but it's probably getting close to not being funded be, just because there's... Uh, it's been so long and so many different things have happened over the years. Where did the funding come from, from, the, from here? Yeah, churches? most of it was uh, churches in uh, America. Mm-hmm. Our last... Um, one of our friends has been trying to still fund it. Um, he's... With I think it's called Hope, um, is who he's with. He was originally with the he's originally the missions pastor at Pure Heart. Mm-hmm. He started getting behind some of our work, and then we they were funding the locals, which are workers friends of ours, and then um, funding the school. So it, it allowed it to last another ten years. Yeah, um, which is you know. Even if it stopped today, you think of all the good and the kids that came through that yeah. and benefited from it. That may have never happened had y'all not said yes to that in, what, it was 2000? The, yeah, back in 2000 when we said yes, that happened later, you know, down the road. Yeah. So our first three years was uh, church planning movements all about that. It was, uh, we went in, we did a lot of research. We went um, bringing the gospel to places that have never heard it before. Um, we've been sharing our testimony in Chinese and then we've had drunk Chinese argue with us over the years. And then at the same time, um, we've seen God really, I'll never forget one time I was, these same guys that were arguing with us the night before in this one city, Mm. um, they actually had us altar actually where they sacrificed animals to their gods. Really? Yeah. We have a picture of it. I can sometimes find it now and then. What's the, uh, what was the? What was the religion there? Uh, most of, well, what most of Asia is animism, mm-hmm. like spirit, uh, spiritual world. They have uh, depending on where you go, and then their animism and uh, 
and Buddhism and all that right. will adopt itself to whatever other religions are there. Gotcha. Yeah, that's why you have some of these, if you quote unquote, crossbreeds of religions. Yeah, offshoots um, that yeah. started as Buddhist, but they right. morphed into something else. Well, you were talking about the school. Uh, yeah. And kind of, but the, your first three years. That yeah, so that was church planning movements. Yeah. And then we would bring the gospel to those uh, people. And then we would try different um, translations because we would learn different words for Adam and Eve, for anything. It was, it was basically the Jesus. Well, our first three years was about the Nisu people group, N-I-N-I-S-U. Okay. Everybody knows um, they're part of the E people group, the, which is eight, there's 8 million E's and there's subgroups in that, the Nisu. Then our first three years was about that. Here's real life to you. You know, um, suddenly our team leaders didn't agree with something that was going on. And uh, they said one day they came in and said, uh, you know, you're relieved of your responsibilities from the group. And so I had to find what our next place would be and see what God was saying at that time. So then we got into everything from uh, Chinese patients, AIDS patients, AIDS mm-hmm. babies, to um, we were doing education in, in including... Um, in the colleges, and then we would do English corners because that's that's Shelley's, yeah, uh, that's yeah. her uh, schooling, right? Right, her experience right. From uh, uh, that, here's another cool thing that happened in the middle of that. Um, so I learned to play drums when I was younger. Um, I joined a band of foreigners, um, and we would go to bars and play for beer, no joke. <laughs> in the end, we started a church in the bar, is that right? Yeah, and but we met a lot of, well, I'll never forget that time period. We met a lot of interesting people in that. For example, we met this girl from Australia that was, um, she was, went to China to be a missionary. In the end, she was having an affair with a Tibetan guy. Mm-hmm. And, but the fact that she even told us that was, told us that. And she trusted you, right? Yeah, it was interesting. And she knew you were Christians. Yeah, and she would play in our band. She was a great saxophone player. I got to think that there was a, you know, there's always an opportunity there where you, it's, it's one thing to start a church and invite people to come in that don't know who Jesus is and have this uh, perception. And, of course, in the Western world, people that aren't believers think that Christians are judgmental and, and a lot are. I mean, there's a lot of truth to the issues people have with the church in this country. But like in China, you start a church in a bar, then, and I don't know if that's the same, you know, that, that people, when they hear the word Christian, if they even know what that means, a lot right. of people in China. But is there that um, same sort of stigma, whereas you were able to reach people you wouldn't have been able to, to bring into a church, but you brought... That you brought the church to them, right? Because after right, all, right. it's not a building, right? At the end of the day, right? Um, but it's probably different though there, right? Also. And actually, during that time, we met a girl named Lulu, and her husband. Well, now her husband Keith. Here's the funny thing: they live in Orlando too, and they wanted to be with us, but they had something. So Lulu's Chinese, and there's times in the past um, she will mention to me. Um, do you remember that time you tried to talk about Jesus with us? Oh, yeah? Now she is a Christian. Oh, that's great. But back then, during that time, she wasn't. And she'll talk to us about um, times like that where we, we she would even say that to me sometimes. 
Remember when you tried to speak to me about Jesus? I wasn't listening too much. And But now she's married to a family who I think they were missionaries in South America. And um, she was even in South America for a while as a missionary. Mm. And um, But back in those days, she wasn't. What is there a family, or there, maybe there's in, in in you know ten twelve years? There's probably you know a lot of people may come to mind or experiences, but is there a family that you th- think of? Like when I ask you, like somebody that you really um, that God really reached, uh, one family in particular, or one example or experience you had where you know. Uh, that's just the that's the one thing you think of when you think of China and yeah. how God worked through you guys to reach somebody that maybe had no interest. Well, in our faith. at the end there, we were working with uh, DTS Discipleship Training School. Oh yeah, and um, with the Wa people that used to be headhunters, and um, one of my jobs of the school that they tasked me, they gave me three guys, the kind of the worst guys, and I have to use Chinese. And um, they would always; these guys would always be in fights, he, like headhunters, like uh, like what we would call hitmen. No, here, uh, like they would chop people's heads off about a hundred years before that. And this was like a were these? Um, they were a mean people group. I guess I, I don't want to, you know, go overboard with it, but yeah. back in the day, they, <laughs> before we ever came around, right. they, <laughs> the good old days, they and shot that's people's where heads God off. took you to talk to these people. Yeah, it was in a city called Linsong. Mm. Um, but um, during that time, we felt God was really using us. It was, um, we'd be teaching in Chinese. We'd be talking to them, praying with them in Chinese. Mm. We, uh, Shelly was teaching the day that school got busted from the cops. She was the literally the person teaching at the moment. Oh, wow. And, um, so I left on Friday, it was in Lingtang, and I went to a city called Kuoming, because I had a visa from Kuoming saying I had to be an English teacher. And then Shelly was teaching, and all of a sudden all the Chinese staff came and said, no, 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 everybody give me your Bibles, and they threw them in, in the middle of no, these weeds and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. And sure enough, all these communist officials and police were there it's like it's like a, the 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 real uh the reality of what we tried to replicate with the underground church thing well, they, Condor, uh, you know, and the, shelly and i wrestle with that because yeah. i'm glad you guys uh, glad the church hey, at is, least gave you a yeah a or recognizing it, right? yeah or recognizing it i'm glad they're at least recognizing it which most churches probably would never recognize it yeah but the real thing is totally different. different yeah. The my friend one time was teaching somewhere. One of my best friends, he was the guitarist of that band. He they busted down the door and twenty five cops came mm. in this little room, and they to this day the religious affairs bureau question him and and all and there's times other friends have been questioned for thirty hours straight. Right. It's it's just all relentless and time is kind of tighten. Excuse me, tighten. Um, their restrictions right now. They China goes through this thing where they expand. Everybody's free. Everybody's free. Everybody's free. Clamp down. Mm. Make sure we have control. Everybody's free. Everybody's free. Clamp down. We have control. That's China. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I didn't mean to go way off on a tangent, but no, it was all good. there's different times we saw 
demon possession were all of a sudden this Chinese person speaking in English to us. And there's times we saw just crazy things like, how did that even happen? A truck showed up out of nowhere to get us out of town. Uh, I can tell you. Oh, real quick. I'll tell you this, and then we'll talk a little bit about Lion and then yeah. turn this off. But um, two, two stories come to mind, and I, hope, I don't know if I can tell Shelly's as well as I can tell mine. And, and um, went to the, we went to Guizhou one time. This is back, way back when, 1994. Uh, my friend, so that's 94. 2002, I went to go visit my friend in Chiang Mai, Thailand. And uh, he goes, hey, Brian, I got to tell you this story. We're doing a research for a book. I said, oh, great. What are you doing research for? He goes, the Shui people in Guizhou. He goes, they're all Christians. And I'm like, you're kidding. They're all Christians? He goes, and then they said they were shocked too. They asked him how they became Christians. They said in 1994, four white guys, oh, well, actually a couple of white people showed up, baseball caps and a smile. Couldn't speak much Chinese back you in the day. I was one of them. <laughs> oh, man. That's and gave Bibles and tracts. Yeah. Gave Bibles and tracts to all of them. They took the Bibles and tracts, found a Chinese Christian in, I think, Wei Young. And uh, he traveled back, used those. Two to 3,000 gave their lives to the Lord. Mm. That's and, awesome, man. And then um, Shelly, that same year, went to visit this Pumi village. That's another people group in China, like a minority in China. Um, in the end, I'm making a long story short, and she can tell the story a lot better. They got saved. Years later, we're in China. Remember I just mentioned earlier the migrant school? Yeah, yeah. There's this Pumi girl there. And they hold up pictures, and she goes, Wait. Somehow pictures were brought out and like, wait, I've heard of these foreigners that showed up a long time ago. Yeah. So complete circle. She, her family member got saved because of the trip Shelly was on, and now she's working on the school Shelly started. Oh man, isn't that crazy? It is crazy, and and, and that you know that's the gosh I asked you before you even started uh, started the recording about you know the fruit. Of yeah. What you know. What was the fruit of your 10 years in China? I mean, that's, to me, that's for you, right? Yeah. As much as it was for those 3,000 that got saved. Right. And I would say this to that, too, is, you know, like the church I grew up in and I ended up running as fast as I, I, I could from. And uh, I won't mention which church that was, but they didn't believe that the Holy Spirit was still alive and active. And you think about those four white boys in the baseball caps and their yeah. clothes. You didn't. There was nothing special about you. I mean, you're special. <laughs> I mean, I in love different you ways. <laughs> yeah, but it's that whole thing about God equipping, uh, you know, doing the equipping. Like you right. didn't show up with some. Uh, I mean, yeah, you spoke supernatural words because you told them the truth about the gospel. Right. But you just think about how much the Holy Spirit was involved in that, already working in those people, and how he used you and your three buddies to just go tell them the truth. And that's it. Right. right. That's, that's all we're supposed to do is just point people to Jesus. And it's amazing how when you go across to the other side of the world, now I've only done it a few times for weeks, not years. But, um, and maybe we'll get to this next time, but... Um, it's amazing how and what a what a gift it is. Well, Darren, you know our our pastor talks about God sends you because He loves you, right? Not to save somebody else or to build a building 
that people aren't completely capable of building in Guatemala right. or India or Haiti. Right. He does it. He sends us because he loves us. And um, I know you got a lot more stories than that, but that's what I hear when you tell that story. I think about how the Holy Spirit was already working in those people's hearts. They didn't know it. Didn't know anything about God. Right. And you just showed up. I'll tell this story real quick. When uh, there's, do you know Peter Abungu from uh, Kenya? That's been with uh, First Priority. He's been with. So Benny I've heard a few the name. Times. I've heard the name. So, you know, Jennifer and I are, are board members with First Priority, and now uh-huh. it's moved. It's a global mission now, and right. it's all about discipling the youth in of the world. Right. And so the focus is wait, wait. Southeast this is what Asia. Benny is doing. Yeah, Benny. Yeah. And so Southeast Asia, India, because right. there's 800 million young people just in India. And we have 340 million I know, in, in the our whole country. population. So, and then China, I don't know what that number is, but it's even it's more. Similar, yeah, yeah, it's some, similar, yes. You know, so you're talking a uh, million, you know, one point, one and a half billion pe- uh, young people in right. that part of the world that don't know Jesus, most of them. Peter Abungu, the first time I ever met him, he was here. And uh, he came to our, because Benny and Mary Lou are in our, uh, in our small group. And he brought him in. Uh, you know, into the group with us, and he's he's talking about he basically given us his testimony, and he's in a place called Kabira, which is a slum in Kenya, that is, well, I put it this way, um, there's a there's, I may get these numbers wrong, but it's somewhere around a million people, in uh, three square miles. Wow. Three square miles, a million people? million people. That's crazy. They're completely on top of each other. When I say they're on top of each other, I've just seen pictures, and we want to go there. In fact, we were supposed to go there, and this, we were kind of in the process of planning that trip because right. Peter's moving here to run First Priority Global. He and his family are moving to Franklin. Peter's... Abungu. Okay. Shindy's in uh, India. Okay. Um, Abungu... Uh, came and he's given us his testimony such a humble awesome guy we also ended up going to israel with him he and his wife which we got to know him personally just amazing guy his father was a hitman Mm -hmm. let me think of your story a little bit about the headhunters not recruiters by the way (laughs) Uh, but he he was a he was a hitman and his mother so peter's grandmother was a bootlegger in these slums um, made liquor, and so they were far from the Lord. I mean, they didn't know God at all. And this white Baptist missionary back in the 60s went to Kenya. Somehow or another, Peter's dad, that that and Peter didn't say for certain, but that he probably had been responsible for potentially taking lives, a life or two. I mean, apparently right, this big, right, strong right. hitman guy pretty rough very rough area this baptist missionary tells him about jesus basically tells him the good news of the gospel he ends up a pastor he basically ends up preaching the word peter's got i don't know 10 siblings they all are christians now peter is super educated he ends up coming to the united states getting a i think he's got a doctorate in theology could have gone anywhere. His brother's a surgeon in New York. God's calls him back to Kibera. To, to, now, he does live in 
uh, Nairobi, like the city. But his ministry is, and it's a shoe ministry, is how how it kind of started. But right. anyway, that all being said, you know, it's a, I'm making a, a, a short story much longer. But um, over ten thousand have come to know Jesus, kids, because. Wow. Not because of Peter, but Jesus used him, and he said yes to go back to that area to preach the gospel, and it would have never happened. And because we we all, I mean, you need to hear this because I know I'm sure you had very discouraging times. We've talked about them before. Like, right. It's tough. Be there ten years, and I'm sure there were times you're like, "What am I doing here?" And God, why'd you call me here? You were telling me about Intel before. Like I'm sure you had thoughts like. I could have Why made did a lot I of leave? money. Yeah, all those things. Why did I leave? But it's the thing sometimes that we don't ever get to see that Peter Abungu, his dad, because of that white, and I say white just because it was he was a foreigner, obviously, in a very foreign land. Right. But because he said yes to going on a short-term mission trip, with a, which a lot of people have problems with that, he went on a two-week <laughs> mission trip to Kenya, told that man about Jesus. Now Peter Abungu is advancing the kingdom in a big way it would have never happened had that guy not said yes and gone there mm. so i think about your story about the four white guys in the ball caps yeah uh telling that that village and uh, that people group about jesus and two or three thousand i mean yeah. that's you know when you think about and and i'm not always great at it and i fail often and i hear what I think is God's voice, and there's sometimes I say yes, and just as you know, when we do, it's always a blessing. But a lot of times I say no because I chicken out for whatever reason or just rationalize. And don't know, you we think, all do that. Yeah, but you, but we also know what it means to uh, be born again and be changed right. by the gospel because it's for everything. It's not just this right. short period of time that we're on earth. It's and so it's kind of one of those things that like the it is a mission. Because if I don't go tell him about what I've experienced, that this has an impact for the rest of eternity, not just his right. life. You know, and you think about those thousands, each one of those people or individuals. I just love the story because it just says, and you had no idea. And had you not gone to China, you probably would have never known that on this side of heaven. Oh, that's a good point. I like you probably that. would have never known that two or three thousand people came to know Jesus just because you showed up. By the way, that same year, that's only one city. We visited over twenty cities that that night over that nine weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and yeah, we just and and there's so many times that and even people that have have. There was a question the other. I'm, I'm doing a Philippian study with uh, James Boyd, and one of the like questions at the beginning is, you know, name the people that helped lead you to Jesus. And Jennifer and I were doing it with he and Becca. And we start writing this, we were doing the questions together, and we start writing this list down. And the very first names that came up were our neighbors in Knoxville. When we were so far from the Lord and had no interest really right. in anything but ourselves. And we were also, uh, we were in such a bad place individually. And uh, we were lost. And, and these neighbors we didn't like, and they kept talking about their church, and it sort of pissed us off. Right. And But that's the church where we're both saved. Right. And and we haven't done it yet, but we need to write them a letter, or at least reach out to them 
on social media because they're she's actually uh, a high level executive with Alcoa. Not that that matters, but the big steel company. It's just in I know who they are. Earnings earnings starts with Alcoa. Yeah, now it's a big the company. Earnings, uh, yeah. I know who they are. So she's like a senior VP. Our you know yeah. in her forties, but we do we need to reach out to them because that's encouraging. Like we that's the kind of thing that that builds our faith. And when we're doubting, we go back to those things. And when you're struggling, you got to go back to those things. Like, you know what? God did call me there. Um, you, know, you know what? I, I'm glad you said that because the whole reason I actually wanted to start this podcast, and that you don't know this, but I put in there under the description um, conversations with friends throughout the world. Yeah. On the I wrote the search for God because mm. I I feel like I wrestled. I mean, for example, our friend right now is Dylan. I mean, he could be dead yeah. uh, with COVID-19. Hmm. Um, Where's he at? He's at Vanderbilt ICU. Uh, and he, from, from Deer Run? Yeah, you probably know, I know who Fred. he is. Yeah. yeah um, what a good dude. And he's he's stable. That's about, That's the best news. Yeah. I mean, he's not getting worse. But it's so crazy, and then, um, and I don't mean to get off way in a tangent, but to make certain things of of that political bothers me sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, but it's good for you because I feel like the, I need a little bit of a confirmation. And over the next couple of years of my life, I'll be headed down a path where you know you might need a heart trans, which sure. uh, a heart transplant. I just wrestle with all that and everything. Yeah. Um, but so the, part of the reason I started this whole thing was literally almost to work out my own faith. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's what Paul said we're doing, though, right? Yeah. Working on our faith. I mean, it, it takes work. And not works, not doing, not yeah. doing a bunch of, checking a bunch of boxes, but work in the sense that faith's a hard thing right you know i mean it's uh it's hard for me for sure and i have doubts but those are the those are the things that i go back to you right know, my experience where i was in such a bad place in my life right met jesus just at the right time you know right like the timing you think about his timing is always right now we question that sometimes but i think hindsight usually tells us that well he did know Right. Well, he knew that's what I needed when I needed it. But, um, yeah, I feel we're praying for, for Fred. Here.